Oh, hey there. I am Tim Wembembo Fitzgerald, and I am your host for this week's episode of Talking Schmack. And you may be wondering where Josh is, but he uh, he had to go do a thing, and so I'm here to take care of all the things here on Talking Schmack. So I am joined this week by Alex. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate that you bring homemade pasties. This is delicious. Yeah, I hear pasties are a little different here in the States. They are. Um, typically, we have youpers who make them, and they're from some kind of game kill. This is heavy on the starch and vegetables. Oh, we we Brits, we love we love the starch. You can't go wrong with the starch. We got the fish and the chips, and you got the you got the. I was gonna say hoagies. You don't. We don't do hoagies over in the. <laughs> I lost it. I'm not a good improviser. <laughs> But that's my best British impre- impression that I, I could come up with. Um, <laughs> if you're wondering what the hell I'm even doing, you, I, I'll I'll share a story that inspired it. But you also have to go back and listen to the last like six episodes of uh, Two Blokes from Blighty on the Video Game Club channel, mm-hmm. just just to kind of get an understanding. But uh, that's my best uh, British impression there. That's my best British accent, which is actually more just the Wisconsin accent. <laughs> yeah yours sounds oh. a little bit like a wisconsin uh mated with somebody <laughs> from michigan and then like left their child alone for 12 months are you making fun of the youpers <laughs> oh there's nothing wrong with the youpers <laughs> oh don't I can't don't you do be it. talking bad about the youpers i apologize if this is a little too grotesque for people but um I've been having fun listening to Tim and Joey make fun of my my chicago midwest chicago accent uh forget about it mm-hmm <laughs> But I was uh, out for work this last week, and uh, I was in Appleton when you guys were recording your Barbie episode. Mm-hmm. I, I run registration for the events that we we do, and there was a guy who came up to registration, and he's like, "Oh, hey there! I'm gonna uh, wait for my buddy here, if that's okay." And I'm like, "Whatever, man! You, it's a free country. You do what you do." And he's like, okay. <laughs> and this guy's into his fifties, sixties he's just sitting there talking to me. And then finally his friend shows up. I get his friend registered, get him all checked in. And then the, the Wisconsin guy, uh, he's, he's talking to his buddy. And he's like, Oh, Hey there. Oh man. I just went to the doctor and Oh man. He told me I got the biggest hemorrhoids he's ever seen, <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> but it's all okay because I got so much fat back there that it doesn't matter. And I'm like, who says this openly in public? But also it inspired me because I can do the Wisconsin accent pretty well. <laughs> I was like, that that's my comeback to Tim. <laughs> but oh man, those hemorrhoids. Oh, did, you don't got to worry about them if you got a lot of fat back there. <laughs> a lot of fat back there. Fat back there. Not, not there. Dare. Dare. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh, I, I can't even. Yeah, yeah let's I, let's just hear from uh, uh, J&K over at Fuck My Work Life, and we'll be back to talk about uh, Secret Invasion in the Marvel Universe. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back there. Working can be such a drag, but it's a necessary evil. What better way to combat the woes of the working world than to commiserate with your fellow man? I'm Jay. And I'm Kay. And we're the hosts of Fuck My Work Life a comedy podcast where we share people's stories from the workplace. Whether they're funny, weird, scary, or just plain messed up, they're always entertaining and may leave you thinking you don't have it so bad after all. Available on all major podcast platforms. Give us a listen. Your sanity may just depend on it. See, I find my sanity in just the amusement that other people can offer me because... I forgot about like how bad the Wisconsin accent can be because like Charlie Barron's is out there and he's he's getting famous doing the Wisconsin accent as a whole bit in it, it for his comedy oh, yeah. routine. Like, oh, we're from the Midwest and we we just talk like this and we go to the fleet farm and we just oh, hey, I'm going to be a little nice when I, I'm being a little bit of a jerk at the same time. And <laughs> I, I'm just like, it's not it's the same thing with the Big Bang Theory. It's the same concept. It's the same joke. And he's just doing the accent. But He's making money off of it, getting invited to commentate on Packers games up when uh, Fox is in in Wisconsin for Lambo games. And I'm just like, man, if I could have figured out that bit, man. <laughs> uh, he's been through town a few times. He's sold out the Coronado like twice, I think. Just, I'm not surprised Whoa. Midwest people are easily entertained and they don't understand. Like how many people around you are like, oh, man, I love the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I mean. Well, that's one of the jokes about this area. It's like the tornado sirens go off and everyone goes out in their porch to go like, there it is. <laughs> Took out the old Henderson place. Ooh, it's getting a little close. Might as well go inside. Oh, there goes a the car. Yeah, time to go inside. <laughs> There's a great bit from Futurama where... Um, I can't remember what they're doing, but they're talking to to the execubots. There's the, the one woman execubot who like downplays the role of the Midwest when it comes to ratings and the livelihood of a show. And they pitch a show and she goes, it will play in Peoria. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny, but will it get them off their tractors? No, it will not get no, off our tractors. They will never shut up. They will never shut up about their tractors. Oh my gosh, <clears throat> which reminds me. Um, so I there's a a cookie chain that's apparently coming to our area soon, called like Cookie Crumble, Crust and Crumble, something. And so I'm like, okay, why is everyone excited for this? And I looked it up. The reviews are terrible. It's actually horrible. But they the chain got popular with apparently like two brothers or something who they quit their jobs because they wanted to learn how to bake and they started this thing and and they make basically absurd cookies they make like um uh they make like just gooey explode like they shove a bunch of crap in them and it's all about the instagram look but oh. everybody who reads them is like it, it, like all the reviews are like yo you know got the limited edition one yeah, it wasn't cooked all the way through, and it's way too sugary, <laughs> but blah, blah, blah. And so people go out and buy it because it's bad. And I'm like, I'm so excited that we're getting a chain that is known for poor quality cookies, and we're going to have a line out the door. Well, I mean, we also have a crap ton of dispensaries now, so, I mean, who cares about quality when you just get a fix? 
hey, listen, I still go to the guy down the street. I trust him. I know, I know, I know where he gets his stuff. <laughs> he's only been arrested like six times. No, that's pretty he, good. He, he's a good guy. <laughs> it kind of reminds me, of my uh, my little brother came to visit us for a week. He lives, um, he lives in uh, Minnesota. And so we're like, hey, what do you like to eat? Do you want to like try like a Thai place, or do you want to try? What do you want? He's like, and he so he's going through like all the different variety because we have a surprising variety of places around here to eat in terms of ethnic foods and stuff like that. And he's like, and he was just like, oh, Jersey Mike's finally opened at our town, and it was in the news for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so glad you get to try dim sum. And you don't need to try Subway now. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio at the Cult Worthy and I, uh, we have a, a little bit of a bond just because he actually has a Culver's near him. So every time I, I go to a Culver's or something in our group chat, I'll be like, hey, Antonio, Culver's buddies. Oh, okay. So we took a road trip like 15 years ago to, to visit one of our old, well, we were going to go visit some of this family who lives in, who lives in Virginia, but we, a friend of ours moved to Kentucky. And so we were swinging nine to visit him. And he says, hey, listen, meet me at Raisin Cane's, which is a – oh, sh- Shut up. I love Raisin Cane's. <laughs> so <laughs> greasy. How so you, greasy. How, how do you not like them? It is so greasy. Where have you eaten them that they're greasy? I went to the one in Reno. That was there's the first one, one I've – There's one right across the street from the PBS in Reno where I, I did a job. And no, not a Reno 911 job. Like not, not one of those jobs, just to, to clarify. There's a Raising Canes in Reno? Right across from the PBS. How the hell did they get one before we got one? They have because three. Because Raising Canes is gross. No, Raising Canes is fantastic. It's you gross. not be eating Reno. Okay, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go to the one in DeKalb. We're going to try the one in DeKalb. The one in DeKalb <laughs> is good. But anytime we go, we'd send a picture to him saying, hey, look, we went. Because <laughs> we've been watching it migrate from Kentucky upwards. How the <laughs> hell did Reno get three? I don't, Reno is such a weird town. I, I had never been to Reno prior to this year and I felt like I was transported back to 1990s. People were smoking indoors. People were driving around in like 1984 Toyota Corollas. Like they were their babies is just the weirdest experience of my life. I grew up in Reno. I am confused. Okay. They, they have to have like sold off or franchise because how the hell does Reno have three and Illinois only has a total of six, according to their map. Because Illinois has better taste. Arguable. Arguably, I guess. I, I know. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. No, Reno, we, Illinois has better taste than the city of Reno, at least. Maybe, I mean, not, maybe not so much this whole state of Nevada. But we are way off topic here. And that's well, because we really don't want to talk about <laughs> secret invasion. I had I a just... perfect, I had a really good transition from doing the the whole tractor bit with the execubot into (laughs) talking about how one of my favorite movie going experiences is with Becky, who occasionally shows up. She should be here in a couple of weeks when we do our next what you doing. We went to go see Age of Ultron with our, our movie group. And there's that moment when they're on Hawkeye's farm where Mama Hawkeye goes and tells Tony that something's wrong with the tractor and he's a, he's a whiz with engine. So if he, he could please look at it. And as he walks into the barn, he sees the tractor and he just says, hello, dear. And all the way at the opposite end of the theater in our row, I just hear Rebecca go like she loves puns and she just loved that so much that she just could not restrain herself and (sighs) out pops Nick Fury. 
and what happens in the it, with this week's episode. Nick Fury is popping out to come back to Earth and take on a Skrull invasion. I have nothing polite to say. That would have that would have been my 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 amazing transition if we had stopped before we started talking about raising canes. <laughs> I'm gonna edit all that out because how dare you offend me? I just don't understand how Reno has three. <laughs> I'm so confused. We watched it migrate slowly upwards. We used to go to the one whenever we go to IKEA. We'd go to the one in Schaumburg and, Alex, and get it. Alex, what? Raising canes what? is gross. And Star Wars. (laughs) Now you can't. You can't cut it. Damn it. It's true. (laughs) I'm in charge of the soundboard when we record with Josh. (laughs) Also, thanks, Tim, for producing your finder. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to lengthen the Star Wars intro so Disney claims this episode. (laughs) They, they'll probably claim it just because of how much shit we're going to talk here in a second. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, we're only going to talk about this maybe for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Full on spoilers for Secret Invasion, the latest Disney Plus Marvel show. If you want to know what this show is about, watch the first episode because they tell you three separate times. Nick Fury comes back and like, man, Nick, you're not the same since you got blipped. And then you realize after the third time, like, oh, OK, the whole point of this show is to be like, and now he's Nick Fury again, which is the same shit they pull with all the Spider-Man movies right now. My wife is currently watching the 1999 cinema masterpiece, The Mummy with Brendan Fraser Rachel, and Rachel Weiss. Can I go watch that instead of talking about this show? I mean, I, I wouldn't blame you, but we got to talk a little bit about upcoming Marvel things, too, to pad out the time. I mean, we, we spent five minutes Fine. talking about Raising Cane's. No, we didn't. I edited that. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be great as if I actually do edit that and then keep that, that bit right there. <laughs> Complete non sequitur. <laughs> okay. So I will quickly lay bare my issue with Secret Invasion. They had six episodes, about three hours, and $212 million confirmed because the UK has weird tax laws where they have to stipulate how much money was spent. And I don't know where the hell they spent the money. I don't either. It, it, 160 million of that went to Sam Jackson. I don't I'm know. Sure. I, I'm confused as to what the point of the story was. I'm very interested that the directors said that they were still editing like episodes four, five, and six and trying to find the story as episode one was airing. <laughs> oh, God. They didn't find it. At the beginning and the end, it's not telling a story. To me, it's not telling a story that's well-rounded, that is like some kind of like triumphant like resolution because they you know they begin and end basically the same thing he returns but then he goes back which is where we last saw him in one of the teaser trailers he's hanging out in space and and i don't feel like a sense of pride that he ended up there if anything it's like please just stay away we don't need you anymore (laughs) yeah so so my notes are again we're going full spoilers because this does not matter the the show has no effect on the mcu other than No, yeah, there's very little viewership. Like I think me and Alex and maybe a handful of other people that we know on social media through other podcasts watched this. The the show ended on a political message about extremism. But that message is very subdued throughout this because Marvel kind of screwed up when they decided to introduce the scrolls in Captain Marvel as refugees, homeless which they are. In the comics they are, but mm-hmm. they're also bastards. For the most part, there are some good scrolls, <laughs> but 
96% of them are just bastards and they just want to find a home and they will do anything they can to get it. But in, in Captain Marvel, as ever, most everyone should know, it's a billion dollar movie. They, they're the victims. They're the displaced yeah. refugees who are being harassed by the Kree. So when Nick Fury disappears for five years and has gone 30 plus years without finding them a home, despite promising them he would, they there's an obvious uprising in angst and different ways to go about finding a home or just deciding they're going to occupy Earth. But that extremist message is just muddled in attempts at espionage, attempts at creating uh, suspense that's not there. and when you get to the point where at the end of the series, the president of the United States is like, fuck the Cree or fuck the scrolls, murder each and every one of them, get off our planet. And then we have this brief news footage montage of extremists, human extremists going up and just shooting people in public thinking they might be a scroll. If they opened with that sort of panic, it's a completely different show, but it's a better show. I think because there is widespread public panic. You don't know who's who. You don't know what their purpose is. There's there's a lot to do there. And in this case, it's just Nick Fury is trying to clean up a mess that he created by being blipped. See, that is part of the thing that bothers the shit out of me about this. Is that So the way you pitch it sounds one more interesting. It sounds like what the X-Men, original X-Men trilogy, wish they could have done which would have been very interesting is show instead of people just kind of like throwing, you know, mutant children out of their household and crap like that, show the panic, show the weirdness of like still one of the best parts of the X-Men franchise is when that Senator or whatever is like getting out of the water and like walking on the beach and then like the powers don't quite meld, meld right. And he melts. That is still very interesting. It shows the panic of people wondering, like, what the hell is this? What is going on with our bodies and stuff like that? Well, I mean, a nude white guy walks out of the ocean. I think anyone would be freaked out. Unless it's James Bond. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't do that well. And this is, to me, this is the third um, Marvel show that is centered around the same thing of displaced people. Um, we had we had Miss Marvel, which a lot of it was about the um, the separation of India and Pakistan, but that's still a big theme of it is that is that they ended you know, many families end up moving into different parts of the world, leaving behind this stuff. You had Captain America and oh, sorry, well, sorry Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is about the same thing. The you know we all the people who've been blipped are coming back, so we have to rebuild the borders and all the stuff and the strain that ends with one of the worst speeches that's ever been written. And spoken by Captain America, which is do better. <laughs> he's not wrong. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> but just telling, like, they're like, what are we supposed to do? Do better. You're right. You're right. We can do better. Hey, he's only been Captain America for a day. Come on. Yeah. And then you have this one, which is, I, I don't understand how Fury being blipped for five years created this mess when in theory half the scrolls would have been blipped as well. Yeah, that's that's a great point, too. The problem to me should have been more along the lines of like, dude, it's been 30 years. Things are worse. They could have built off of the issues in Captain America and the Winter Soldier of like, hey, listen, this is getting worse. We And, that, and maybe even try to move the angle of, hey, we're in, we're moving into things to try to politics, into areas and getting rid of people to make things better or versus this whole just we're just revolutionaries again. It, it's it's just a mess because we don't care about the characters that 
the scrolls are inhabiting like oh they're the prime minister of england and uh, or the uk and they're the bodyguard for this mystery woman who works at SIS, uh, which I mean, I'm forgetting her first name, but Fallsworth, I, she was like the yeah. one bright spot of this mo- of this series, which again, the big thing we have been talking about every time we talk about these series is that besides Loki, they all feel like they're just movies that have had minimal scenes cut. And the reason why Fallsworth is amazing is because it's Olivia Coleman, and of course she is. <laughs> <laughs> but the three big reveals, I think, were kind of stupid as well. You have them killing Maria Hill for no reason, other than just they needed a MCU character that needed to go die off to create drama and plot. Nick Fury's wife is actually a Skrull. He, he loved someone, one so much she married one and then decided to do nothing about her people at all. <laughs> and then you have that apparently Nick Fury really sucks at his job. <laughs> yeah the only reason he's even nick fury is because he was manipulating the scrolls into doing all of his infiltration and espionage yeah i mean to go back to what i was saying about how this series needed to start differently and the message that it ends on with extremism like there you, you could do the racism parallel again i think that's one of the things that the show was avoiding actively avoiding which maybe hurt it that much is because there there it, there was racism allegories in the falcon and the winter soldier which rainy from the red dove and i i i still love that conversation i think it's like episode 35 or something like that mm-hmm. uh is the one year anniversary and she and i talked about it for a good hour and you could just go back to that but you can tell it in a different way disney is fighting this fight with ron DeSantis right now i'm sorry to get political at the moment but <laughs> i'm trying to vouch for something that would have been better than the show that we got. And Disney's in a fight with Ron DeSantis or DeSantis, however the hell he wants to pronounce his name. They they have this fight with the the LGBTQ community where they're pretending to be on the side of them, which it's more just dollar signs that they're trying to not lose and cast members, employees, whatever. But they they have a front going right now where they can be like, "Hey, look, we are on the side the right side of history." even though behind the scenes and in the executive office, they are not no, no way close to it, but they can keep putting that face on there and just create good manufactured goodwill. And they can tell stories that are impactful by embracing a message, which could be racism and it's embodied through aliens, which we've seen a hundred times. We see it in star Trek every week. There's always something going on. Not that I watch Star Trek every week, just so we have <laughs> make sure that's clear. But there's there's so much potential behind all of this that they just completely missed the board is so infuriating. But yeah. at the end of the day, the show does also take a quick moment to let you know that Nick Fury is drawn to strong women, which is why he uh, you know, loved his mother and hired Maria Hill, promoted her, and married a strong alien woman and is drawn to carol danvers so you know at least nick fury likes women which again not a bad thing but it's a, such a weird tact on moment to be like nick fury loves strong women look at this but we're not going to touch that racism storyline that we could have but we are very clearly avoiding well i mean he loves them enough to let them die in front of him to not do anything about their people to not call them once in 30 years and say hey listen there's a big purple guy we got to deal with it would be nice if you showed up 
he was busy pretending to be dead. I'm sorry. Despite the fact that apparently everyone knows he was alive at some point, which they still never yeah. covered. I just was bored. Yeah, it was not engaging at all. I, If every episode was a mixture of like who's actually a scroll, that would have been interesting. Like if there's some kind of merging of like, I would have even found it more interesting the last episode if it turned out that the scroll we're watching, I mean, the Nick Fury we've been watching the entire season had actually been a scroll. That actually might have been interesting of like you're you're different, because then there would have been then it would have been like an ultimate reveal of like okay where is actually Fury was this scroll part of it were they subverting it were they act were they just delaying things did they have their own additional agenda and it just was nothing that's the problem is that ultimately we end up in the exact same spot Fury's off doing something the scrolls are still here. Now we're act now they're actively hiding hunting them, which is dumb. I mean, I I don't like that. No, that basically declared open season, which basically turns in. I mean, I know they mostly focus on the U.S., but it basically kind of turns the entire world into this like, there's seven billion of us. We're going to like start shanking everybody within a five you know within a five mile vicinity to confirm who and what a scrolls. Yeah, and there there's no. It, which, like I said earlier, it, it takes this weird twist into an extremism ideal, but there's nothing behind it other than fear. And I get yeah. that fear mongering. We, we have it right now. There's yeah. a former president running around saying they're stealing the election from you, mm -hmm. even though there is no substantial evidence to disprove that or to prove that, I should say. Right. Um, and so like the fear mongering I get. But it needed to be focused. It can't be generalized because then it just becomes a, a muddy mess, as you were saying. No, I, I don't understand why they just didn't go all in with what they're trying. Is there just is, is there some kind of issue where they're really actually leaning into the comics where every series has to be its own little like neatly wrapped bow of like, as you've said repeatedly and Nick Fury learns to be Nick Fury again, except he was never Nick Fury to begin with. So he goes back on vacation with his wife. I, I, I don't get, but this time he went on vacation with his wife last oh, that's time. True. Oh, that's true. I forgot. It would have been great if they'd actually been divorced the whole time. She sold everything. The house was on. She's living with somebody else. She's like, you been, you were blipped and you were gone. I, I got nothing, man. <laughs> the laws of abandonment. You've been gone. Or, or he comes home and she's with a scroll who looks like him. <laughs> I just and like we're not even talking about the main antagonist here because the main antagonist is a guy named Gravik, who uh, a scroll named Gravik, who has decided he's going to become the scroll general which means nothing to us mm. and he is going to lead the uprising and it, basically enslavement of the human race from what i understand or the the uh extinction of the human race brought on by the scrolls and they'll take over earth one million of them he becomes a super scroll that fight was just awful i've seen better cgi work in Lois and uh, Superman and Lois, the the latest Superman show on the CW, like the, the the Arrowverse and the Flash have had better CGI than what that final fight was. Like you could just see there was no budget put into the special effects for that moment, and they also didn't care. You could tell they did not care about this. And on top of not caring, I I didn't understand. So the Flash, uh, the Flag Smashers, their their agenda, come Super Soldiers. 
Um, you have the not Captain America. Their agenda become a super soldier. This one, their agenda turn all the scrolls into super soldiers. Okay, so everything in this grandmother is now a super soldier. It doesn't make any, it doesn't make sense and it's stupid. And especially that this super soldier serum is created not from super soldiers, but apparently Nick Fury followed all the Avengers around with a beaker, and anytime they had a nosebleed, kind of went like, "Here, I got that for you." They said uh, they they did say that it was every Avenger every Avenger spilled blood in the battle for Earth. Yeah, I, I know, I I know, but really, that was like his main motivation at that moment. Not not. Four billion people have suddenly reappeared, including him. His his, motive, his first thought was, damn, I've got to get a beaker. <laughs> All right. And then, I'm sorry, I, I get the intention of what you're doing is to show where this power comes from, but to grow a Drax arm and then a Mantis head and all the other stupid things they showed of like where you're pulling your power from is was just stupid. Yeah, and like what... They they said Cullobsidian and someone else for the powers that they were able to just get their hands on for whatever reason. But like I don't if I, I don't remember who the other person was, but they did not have like a group power. I don't know any other supervillain that they had that they've ever encountered in the MCU that had those abilities that would have been on Earth. They were still finding the story, Josh. Because Cull Obsidian was the guy that got his arm chopped off uh, while he was dropped in the Arctic by Doctor Strange in uh, Infinity War. Oh, was that? I, I thought that was like one of the ones that like um, that Tony fought. But no. then again, I don't know all their names. I mean, Tony did fight him in Infinity War, but Doctor oh, Strange okay. is the one who cut off, or no, Wong was the one who cut off his arm because uh, oh, okay, Wong got invited to his wedding after that. Whatever. Yeah, (laughs) if I have to compliment anything in this show, it's Fallsworth was amazing. Like every scene she was in, she was just charming as hell. And there is that scene, I think, in the second episode, maybe it's the third episode on the train between Fury and Talos, where Sam Jackson turns on his acting. Where like as soon as as soon as he says, are you out of your reptile ass mind? He goes off on like a two minute soliloquy that is just really good like i can't speak to the writing i don't remember what it is but sam jackson is acting and i'm like that's why he's act that's why he's an actor (laughs) like that's why he is here and but the rest of the series he's just being really stoic and like can we talk about how disney doesn't know what the hell to do with a man who's over the age of 60 (laughs) although they make them broken bitter and strained marriages I mean, and things about it is, is that of all my examples, about three fourths of those are Harrison Ford. <laughs> Han Solo, here, uh, Indiana yeah. Jones, Nick Fury, <laughs> Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like that. I, I, no. I have seen the, the the mouse needs to realize that if they want to tell like a fallen hero storyline, they can do some. They can actually make the hero fall, not fall in, and that would have been interesting. I mean, like, what if this series had ended with him coming back, discovering this plot, that they're turning against scrolls, stuff like that. Maybe episode four or five, he realizes that he had been manipulated by the scrolls this whole time. And that not only his friend Talos, but then this other one is having this uprising. And Talos has to admit to him that th- there's a problem. There's actually over a million of us. And I never told you. You were so busy doing other stuff have it turn out that he is dealing with the weight of everything that he failed to see versus that he just sucks at his job. 
Yeah, that, and that's already a better show. I mean, you could build off of that easily, but I I really just do not understand where the money went for this and how this gets out of any kind of writing room as like, yeah, this is a good story. We can we can get people on board with this. I don't know. So you excited for the Marvels? <laughs> I actually am. I am excited for the Marvels. It, the two trailers that we've gotten look really fun. And as I said before, you could skip this series and probably the only difference would be Nick Fury's wife, Skrull wife, is on the, the spaceship with him, uh, the saber. Hell, make make her make her come out make her coming out of that room they were coming out of. When he came out of that room and was like, like it was looking at the bathroom, maybe they were showering together or something. And he took a look at it. And she walks up and gives him a hug and it's like, oh, okay. I mean, heck, just have her be a scroll and be like, oh, well then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, part of what we wanted to talk about this week also, which I mean, we might run long because we talked about Nick Fury a little longer than we were planning. The remaining things for Marvel this year are Loki season two, which starts in October and then the Marvels comes out in November and then Echo gets dumped in one batch, which me that tells me they have no faith in this property Mm -mm. that gets dumped right after like two or two or three weeks after the Marvels hits theaters. 2024 looks like it could be end up being a big black hole for Marvel and for most studios because of the writers and actors strikes. But uh, Deadpool was supposed to be released in May. Uh, Captain America Brave New World was supposed to be released in July. Uh, Thunderbolts, I think, was supposed to be August. And then a couple of Disney Plus shows that are still on the table. But again, I I don't know if they're actually going to happen at this point. Uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, which I think, chuck it in the bin. Catherine Catherine Hahn, is that who played Agatha? Yeah, Yeah. she's great. Yeah, she's fantastic. And she was fun in WandaVision. I don't need a series about her. I don't need a one-off series about her origin story or whatever, like if they do a time jump or there's like a little bit of origin story, a little bit of her becoming Agatha again, after the events of WandaVision, uh, I just, I don't care. I don't need more of it. And then daredevil born again, it was supposed to release sometime. Uh, and that's supposed to be like an 18 episode series that they're actually filming as a TV series. Uh, and I was actually excited for that one, but that is all this is likely getting pushed to at the very earliest late 2024 at this point. They're doing 18 episodes of Daredevil Born Again. Yeah, they're essentially building a trilogy into one season. Why? So like three, six episode arcs. Why? Why not? Daredevil's a good property and uh, they've got what's his face from the Netflix series that I'm forgetting his name right now. Charlie Cox. That's his name. John Barenthal is back as punisher for that yeah but they they're not bringing back foggy or um i'm forgetting her the the love interest that wasn't electra i'm forgetting her name but those two aren't back as of yet but there's still time with the strikes happening but why why are they not back or why do i want them back no no why do they need 18 episodes they 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 arguably don't have enough to fit six I, I just said they're going to do they're going to make it a trilogy from my understanding. There's going to be three, six episode arcs that would work out to a trilogy of movies that they're just going to workshop into 18 episodes. But why? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I OK, so to that to that question, I don't understand. I, I mean, I, I don't know, because it, it's just something that they decided to try before they got rid of Chapek. <laughs> OK, I will lay it out like this. WandaVision, nine episodes, pretty good. One or two kind of eh. 
The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, arguably I could have done with one or two more episodes because I think they were having trouble, a little bit of trouble balancing the focus between Falcon and Winter Soldier. I could have done, to me, one of my favorite moments was the beginning of that, was at maybe episode six, maybe five, where they're showing Winter Soldier going through the ritual in Wakanda to break him of his mind control. That was phenomenal acting. Like Sebastian Stan in those moments of the fear and trust and confusion and that of them going that was wonderful. Could have used mm-hmm. a little bit more of that. Yep. Loki took way too long to get to Loki kissing, which I was you know, <laughs> but that's just me. Kiss her already. Kiss exactly. yourself. Hawkeye could have been four episodes. Moon Knight. Oh, how dare you? Hawkeye I needed more. <sighs> Moon Knight. Moon Knight, no. No. Sorry. Sorry, Scotty. Sorry, anyone else who really enjoyed Moon Knight. That show really just felt like kind of it wasn't as disappointing as Secret Invasion, but it really just felt like this doesn't matter. Miss Marvel could have been three. Um, it took a little while to get for the arc that in. they chose to do, yes. Um, which if if you liked Ms. Marvel, I, I did too. I think God my it's uh, it's like it's like you said earlier it's been a year of a week and uh <laughs> i got tim sitting in the back just looking at me like why are you why are you blank staring at me um <laughs> what the hell is her name uh iman marvel oh iman iman Villani? Villani, yes something like that i i apologize no, I, for I, I i i'm close i know it's iman something um she's a fantastic Ms. Marvel. I think everyone is really well cast in that show, mm-hmm. but we needed to keep her in Jersey city for at least season one. If they wanted yes. to do a season two and do that, that storyline that they did for season one, I'm all for it, but they, we needed more of Kamala being a teenager and mm-hmm. learning about these powers. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a summarization of the Ms. Marvel episode that Matt and I did. Um, I do think it's a good episode <laughs> to go back and listen to though. She-Hulk should have been four or five because the fact of the matter is they forgot who the bad guy was until they remembered at the end of the last episode, like, Oh, right. <laughs> so, I mean, then we had secret invasion, which, so, I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Loki, I mean, Loki's really good, but I'm, I'm a little concerned thus far. Any of the material released hasn't suggested that Sylvie's back, which, Sylvie better be back because I need more Loki on Loki love. I need more classic Loki. I need more of the other Lokis. Owen Wilson was surprisingly amazing, but I'm looking at Echo and Ironheart, Agatha, and I'm wondering, like, if these are all, because these are all shows that have $200 million budgets that have six to, you know, that have six to nine episodes that apparently Feige was told, Hey, listen, here's your budget. Just, you have to produce at least three hours of content, which is why some of these episodes like secret invasion were 38 minutes with eight minutes of trailers. I mean, commercial credit. I don't know if they have enough story, which is why I'm surprised that Daredevil born again has 18 episodes confirmed or they're filming. I, maybe if we get, like you said, three really good arcs of six, six and six, which is the mark of the daredevil. <laughs> well, well done. I wish Thank I didn't you. delete the, I wish I didn't delete the applause. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm not excited. No, the, 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 the future of the MCU is bleak. And I think it goes back to, they didn't want to rush into let's reestablish building the Avengers. They wanted to come back and be like, what's a post Avengers world look like? And what kind of threat is going to reassemble the Avengers? But they needed those breadcrumbs that 
kept people coming back and they just decided to chuck those breadcrumbs into the bin. Yeah. Because like, yeah, Sam Wilson is Captain America. Now Bucky is his winter soldier. Bucky as the winter soldier is doing his own thing. We've got all the ingredients just kind of hanging out. We've got uh, Yelena as the new black widow. Spider-Man's hanging out maybe somewhere. Vision is on Marvel. Yeah. Vision's on his vision quest to find himself. Which is apparently um, supposed to be filming. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, nothing's filming right now. It, they said the release date was planned for late 2024, so they got to be, they got to get on filming that eventually. I think they still they were too scared to go back to the Avengers Assemble formula. Yeah, and I there's a way they could have done that without it being the same, and that I think it all comes back to that for them, where it just they didn't want to repeat themselves. And instead, they've just made really good Shang-Chi movie, a really mediocre Black Widow movie, a really mediocre Eternals movie, which no one asked for, which like that's kind of the idea is you give people something they didn't know they wanted. But Eternals Mm -hmm. was not that. No, in fact, they seem to have just completely ignored that. It's all missing something. And I mean, part of it, especially in those early phase four movies, with the exception of like Spider-Man No Way Home and Shang-Chi, especially because Shang-Chi is that laid out some breadcrumbs because they were talking about like, oh, we don't know what your 10 rings are made of. We don't know where they come from. There's nothing in our Rolodex that we have over at uh, Carmitage. There's nothing happening. Uh, we oh don't know gosh. what's going on with all this, but like there, there is a breadcrumb trail coming from Shang-Chi and then Marvel just went, we don't need that. We're just going to start doing the multiverse stuff. I forgot that Shang-Chi ended with Bruce Banner saying that the rings actually pulse and send out a beacon when they're activated to, in somewhere into the universe. Yeah, and I think that's probably yeah. going to come up a little bit in Ms. Marvel, or at least maybe that's another bread, or not Ms. Marvel, the Marvels. Like maybe that's part of where the breadcrumbs are going from Shang-Chi, but it feels like they just completely went, oh, let's forget all the COVID era Marvel stuff and let's just rebuild starting with Ant-Man Quantumania. And I don't think that works. It clearly hasn't so far. Oh, Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever, I think still above average. I think that one was really good. I don't know if it's as good as the first Black Panther movie, but no. I still really enjoy it. It was better than I expected. Also, She-Hulk, She-Hulk's good. She-Hulk rocks. I, I love that one. Yeah, just a fun it was... little, it's a, it's a fun little side road in the MCU. Yeah, it was just a little long. I think it was a week to week hurt that one. It was a little long because <laughs> he showed up a lot huh. yeah oh what, what, is, what is his not girlfriend's like name tiffany but you don't know where the no, eye is madison. Or something. <laughs> madison is with two n's she was my one favorite. y Waters. but it's not where you think yeah, oh. <laughs> apparently street fights <laughs> the, the the sorcerer supreme Hangs out with Madison with a why we're not where you expect and it gets into street fights. <laughs> yep. For money, you know, <laughs> ethics. I, I did. Really and, like- and there's still yeah. just these massively detailed reports that have bothered me since it was, it was WandaVision. Yeah. Where, WandaVision, where they had an argument over like really specific details about Captain Marvel versus Thanos. And I'm like, who is writing these debriefs who's writing these reports that are this detailed oh, yeah. is and, friday and, and, taking these notes and just like uploading them or something from iron man's suit 
Yeah, and she's talking about how they recast the brother and all this, all this other stuff. It's like it might have worked if they had set it up like Logan, where it turns out the X Men are, I mean, the Avengers are like the X Men and actually have comics about them. <laughs> I mean, kind of, that know. that is a thing in that is a thing in the Marvel Comics universe where Marvel is an actual entity. And yes. they have writers who like follow them around and write a write in comics about their their world. Yeah, but the problem is is that is that Falcon is still not paid for residuals, which <laughs> is true. why the actors and writers are on strike against Tony Stark right now in the real world. <laughs> it all goes back to residuals, likeness rights, and fair pay. And gosh damn it, Falcon and the Winter Soldier had it right. Pay your writers, pay your superheroes. Tony, you're cheap. <laughs> Don't be afraid of going into a political alley and sticking with it. <laughs> and and nepotism, because what happens? Tony dies and he gives his empire to a 17-year-old white kid from Brooklyn or the Bronx, wherever the hell Spider-Man is. Queens? Who, Queens, there you go. Who puts on glasses that actually are controlled missile strikes. <laughs> drones, I'm sorry. They're drones. <laughs> sorry, controlled drones that have missiles that will activate a kill mode and follow and chase down buses and also <laughs> extraordinarily children. realistic hologram uh processes as well exactly I, I do like that meme like why you know like why are you a supervillain? oh i accidentally killed my wife um trying to control the power uh, power of the sun and then tony supervillain. why are why are you after spider-man he, he he called my technology barf <laughs> one time <laughs> mcu villain why are you a villain I, I bumped into tony stark and it just seemed like the thing to do exactly and then all the avengers why are why are you an avenger how do you make money merchandising <laughs> except tony doesn't pay us because <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they they have costumes made out of their characters like we as we establish in hawkeye so yeah there has to be some kind of residual paycheck out there but tony's just hoarding all of it yeah, and Tony from his grave. Merchandising <laughs> where the real money from the movie is made. Should someone talk to Pepper? <laughs> Maybe Pepper's the villain all along. Maybe all the chuds are right. Yes, that's actually what it is. It turns out Tony was so focused on the technology and Pepper was running the business. Pepper actually was not processing payments. My brain my brain worked. And then that's what you got to be. We got to be outside of Avengers headquarters with a sign that says just PPP pepper process our payments. <laughs> <laughs> no quadruple P pepper pots process payments. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did she ever hyphenate or was she just always pepper pots, which I mean like that would be the thing to do. You don't want to be a, a Stark because you might accidentally create a supervillain. <laughs> I mean, it would have been hard to find like a rabbi during the blip, man. <laughs> Half of them are gone. Do we know that Pepper is Jewish or Tony wouldn't I... be Jewish. He would, he would just try to figure out a way to work around the court and just be like, Oh, we're married. I, I paid this guy $10 million to sign a piece of paper and he's, it's, it's official. We're married. <laughs> Turns out Banner is actually a priest. <laughs> there you go. He got ordained online. <laughs> Steve was opposed to the idea, but he was still there. <laughs> Like you guys have had premarital sex, I can't endorse this wedding. Oh come on, he. The, there's a whole joke at the end of She-Hulk, Captain America, Fox. He doesn't care about that sort of thing. He's he's progressive. This is my head cannon. 
according to She-Hulk, since you know he lost his virginity to a girl on the OS on the OS tour, we're assuming it is the smirking whore from High Garden, right? That that's the one because she was in the first Avengers movie, <laughs> Captain America. She was the one hitting on him that then caused Haley Atwell to like. Oh, pull out you're a gun. you're talking about yeah the girl at the USO show. You're talking about Peter Quill's mom. Oh my. <laughs> Played by the same actress. <laughs> She's just more blonde. Yes. She's blonde from a bottle. <laughs> this went on a real weird direction from us being like, we're going to talk about Secret Invasion for 10 minutes and then just kind of talk about the state of the MCU. And now we're just rambling about nonsense within the MCU. Oh my God. Do you remember? It was very long episodes ago. I was arguing that Fondue... But the Steve, the reason why Steve was confused about thought, thought, thought fondue was sex is the way that um, Howard Stark says it. What if Tony actually went to an OSU girl and was like, hey, you want to go get fondue? No, she asked him, do you want to get fondue? And he started to disrobe and she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's hanging out with Peggy in the alternate timeline after, uh, after Endgame, brings up fondue. One of them does, and that's their code word for "let's get down <laughs> to business, <laughs> defeat the Huns." <laughs> oh, that no, that's their wedding vows. But do you take Peggy Carter to be your lawfully wedded wife? I fondue. <laughs> Peggy, do you take Steve Rogers to be your lawfully wedded husband? You bet I fondue. That's <laughs> Howard Stark who's doing the who's doing the wedding. Because <laughs> why wouldn't he be there? <laughs> He's probably ordained in like seven countries. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. I, I did the Peggy Carter accent wrong. I'm sorry. You bet I find do. <laughs> it's going to be the worst episode. We've <laughs> this is, everyone's going to hate this episode so much, but <laughs> I am tired and it's, it's been a hell of a week. Ugh. I didn't get to see Barbie yet. I'm really distraught over that. That, that was supposed to be my birthday present was I get to go see Barbie and didn't happen because reasons, mostly because of Mr. Hemorrhoid over in the Appleton area there. <laughs> you didn't go up to Ricky and go, come on, Ricky, let's go party. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I should have. Okay. That, I'll save that for the Blu-ray release and <laughs> we'll just drive out to target or wherever. And she'll be like, what the hell are we doing here? Like time to party, go get Barbie. <laughs> Well, I will say, in case you didn't listen to the last episode, yes, I know you listened to it, that uh, Barbie was fun, and I had way more enjoyment out of watching Barbie than I did this. <laughs> uh, that there, There's another episode. What are the things we have watched that we got more enjoyment out of? Literally, this morning, I watched the miraculous Ladybug and Cat Noir movie, and that was way more fun than this. But, I mean, it's also actually a fun kid show in the vein of, like, Power Rangers and Sailor Moon, so... I mean, that that's like a apples and oranges comparison there. So you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, have you? I haven't even seen Barbie. How am I finding three <laughs> hours to go sit through depressing, we were destroying the world nonsense? <laughs> At any point, did you actually think Coulson was going to pop up in this thing? No, I was surprised to see Everett Ross show up. What the yeah. heck? I want to credit these actors, but my brain is not with me. It's I, not Harrison Ford. <laughs> no, it's not Harrison Ford. He's not over 60, so he's not broken. Um, but he's... <laughs> Uh, Everett Ross is supposed Martin Freeman. I was going to say Morgan Freeman. And I knew that was not right. <laughs> you had to say it's to me, Morgan, uh, Martin Freeman is either old Bilbo or young Bilbo. I can't decide which, because frankly, he's not old. He's not 
old Bilbo from Lord of the Rings. But because it's a more recent show, I can't call him young Bilbo, so I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I was surprised to see him show up because he's supposed to be locked away in Wakanda. But mm-hmm. apparently the scrolls went and broke into Wakanda and took him out so they could brainwipe him or whatever they do to steal his memories. What is the stupid, stupid, stupid idea that they have that apparently this, there's a million scrolls they're replacing everybody and they just put them in hibernation tanks in a big ass warehouse just well it's dumb. a way for them to like access their memories but yeah i i don't know because the if from what i understand or what i remember from the comics is those hibernation chambers work kind of t- telepathically so like a scroll is synced up to a machine and those memories just get transferred into the scroll who is impersonating the person so they they can pretty much become like a sleeper agent they don't even know they're a scroll and it, there are things that have happened in the comics like there's a scroll storyline from the uh fantastic four i believe where there's another scroll invasion and mr fantastic brainwashes the scrolls into believing they are cows and so there's just like a herd of scroll cows somewhere in the midwest of america so question yes it's unethical as fuck yeah so yeah one I, I i don't understand how we're supposed to sympathize with those scrolls but that's fine so roddy is going to have all the memories roddy sorry is going to have all the memories of since he was captured which apparently is what after civil war they said long time they they didn't care to specify because they knew that would create continuity errors so they're just like oh long time long time so a long time so like about at the end of civil war so the problem is going to be now if that was a scroll does that mean I have questions and they're no, not I, I, answer. I my, don't care. My best guess is that it was around the time Captain America Falcon and the Winter Soldier happened. Like he's trying to deconstruct the the power structure of the US government so that he can work his way up. So he convinces Sam to give away the shield and then they hire a white supremacist to take over and all sorts of bullshit. I, I think it, it's supposed to be implied somewhere around there because that would be the most that would be the easiest time to access roadie because he's getting uh he's taking ross's spot after the blip and everything so i think that's that's more than likely what's happening so let me get this right now i would oh yeah sure there i would like to go get some cheese curds from the culvers in the custard and they close in about 30 minutes so can we wrap this up (laughs) it's summertime they don't close till 11 oh that's right i forgot about that it's only during the winter where they close around nine (laughs) yeah that's 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 a true dare that's it. You're true there. I will say it is almost Packers. It is almost Packers season. Again. It is almost Packers season. That's right. But we we don't talk about American football. We talk, we got to talk about the real football with West Ham United and Wrexham. That that Ryan Reynolds, what he he and that that uh, Robert Mullaney, whatever his name is, McElhaney, that they from, they did a great job with Wrexham there. Oh yeah, it, it, it that guy from it's always it's always sunshiny in the Phillies or whatever. That, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Sunshiny in the Phillies. <laughs> they got horses down there. <laughs> At least two. <laughs> they got one. One of them is that Palomino, the Palomino color, not like the car. <laughs> oh, Jamie Palomino. That was the girl from Just Friends. Lovely girl. All right, th- this is all getting cut. I'm sure. Maybe you'll add it as a post credits. I don't know. But yeah, let's let's get started on the wrapping up here. Okay. Tim's back, by the way. He's he's coming back to to finish out the show. Are you Joey? Is, did Joey join us? Yeah, I'm Joey. Oh, hey, Joey. My my brother from the same mother. Exactly. <laughs> which is which is rare in our part of the country. <laughs> oh, that's some low blowing right there. 
That's how we end up with brothers from different mothers. I said the same mother. I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is a crap episode. (laughs) This is so bad. Uh, This is going to be our most downloaded episode ever. This is the one that gets us canceled. (laughs) But that British accent's right on the spot there. It so is. So (laughs) you can find us on... Nope, sorry. Um, You can leave all this in, Alex, by the way. I'm just... We're getting, oh, rid of, we're getting rid of Lonnie's uh, promotion there. Um, we're, we're not going to really talk too much about it. If you're following us on Lonnie's website, you can feel free to continue to do so. But uh, I, I am distancing myself from it. I'll, I'll be deleting my personal account there shortly. And uh, <laughs> the podcast account will remain open until that website crashes and burns. Um, mean old musky. It, <laughs> it'll mostly just be while Alex uh, updates you on what horror movie I will not be watching. Uh, but you you can find us on Instagram, Hive Social, Post, uh, Threads, all the social medias uh, at Talking Smack Pod. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, don't forget to join our Discord. Uh, you can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com if you have any uh, episode suggestions. If you're interested, uh, you're another podcast host, you're interested in guesting, definitely let us know. Thank you to Leo Allen for our musical themes, Beppo for our original avatars. Thank you to Retro Ale Studios for our Ricky avatar. Please like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. But most importantly, thanks Tim Fitzgerald at Wembembo for showing up. You're welcome, Dare. Thanks for having me one more time. Let's talk about Guilty Gear and Street Fighter next time. Oh, and, and we, we love that we love that John C. Riley who's doing our musical theme this week. <laughs> Short thing there, Bob. Mm-hmm. He was great. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> exactly. Bob's your uncle. Phil's, Phil's your cousin. And the Talladega Knights, they were a good football team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta love that. Now, don't forget, by Nabasco. Nabisco. <laughs> the Fig Newtons are fantastic. But most importantly, thank you so much, everyone, for sitting through this shit. <laughs> Especially this week. I'm so sorry. Uh, the, the hemorrhoids, I swear. At least they don't bother me because there's enough fat back there. I don't even fucking know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. I want to know what kind of doctor he has. Just do it they, so I can avoid it. Did they check the wrong area? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And it's hard to turn his accent off after so long. Hey, you Avengers. (laughs) Oh, Oh, and watch that Star Trek there. We forgot about the Star Trek. Oh, that fuck. I forgot Patrick Stewart's name for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what the fuck is Patrick Stewart's name? I forgot what it was. Ian McKellen, he was great in that that Star Trek show, Picard. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Christopher Plummer. Oh, that's right. No, Christopher Lee. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. I, I got it. No, I'm the one that has to press stop. Shit. <laughs> and that's how we became besties.